Welcome to Torah Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we will be studying Parsha Mishpatim. I have a shocking fact to share with you, and that is that as of 2016, more than 40 million people around the world were enslaved. Now this fact is shocking to us. How could that many people in our free world today be stuck in slavery? How is that even possible? We think of slavery as something that is so completely immoral, something so disgusting to our modern sensibilities. However, if we look in this week's Parsha, in Parsha Mishpatim, we see a permissible form of, of slavery as well, the concept of an Eved Ivri. We have been looking at the entire Sefer Shemot through the lens of, of the relationships that can be found in it, and this week's Parsha will be no exception. This week, I want to look at what is the relationship between the Evid Ivri and his master, and how does that help us to understand the broader concept of Evid Ivri, and how it can be found and how it can be permissible according to the Torah to which we look as our guide of morals and ethics. So to understand the relationship between an Evid Ivri and his master, first we must understand the basic concept of Evid Ivri, and that can be found in Shemot Perchaf Aleph. The 21st parak of Shemot describes to us that an Eved Ivri is, one, is a Jewish slave that can be acquired, that will work for six years and go free in the seventh. He may come in a single man, he may come in married. If he comes in, um, if he comes in single and his master gives him a wife and children, the wife and children remain once the Eved leaves. However, if he chooses that it is so pleasant here with his master and his wife and his children that he does not want to go free, he can be brought to the doorpost in the seventh year. His master can bring him to the doorpost, as the Pasuk describes, and his ear will be pierced, and he can stay there forever. What does Le Olam really mean? It means until the Yovel year, until the 50th year. In the 50th year, all, all slaves must go free. So based on this understanding, we are beginning to understand that an Evid Ivri is someone who we would view maybe more as an indentured servant than a slave. Why would we be drawn to say that already at this point? Because it already begins to say that he may love being there with his master, that he may want to stay with his master rather than going free. So how does one become an Evid Ivri? One can either become so poor that he can't support himself and his family and therefore he can sell himself. Or if he commits a crime and doesn't have the money to repay the debt, he can then be sold into slavery. So two ways that he can get there. Either he becomes so poor himself and he sells himself, or he commits a crime and is sold by Beaton into slavery. He is not owned by his master. Rather, his labor has been sold, much like an indentured servant. If he is sold by Beitin, he can be sold for up to six years. And if he sells himself, he can choose the length of time he would like to sell himself for, also up until six years. And as we discussed before, if he wants to extend his time with his master, he can go through the process of piercing his ear at the doorpost and his tenure is extended until the Yovel year. In Saver Devarim, it adds that when the Eved Ivri is let go from his master's home, he is sent off with gifts and all of these praises that he has sent off, this is definitely not what we would imagine as the sending off of a slave. The Sifra adds, 
You must act with him pleasantly, with brotherhood. The Pasuk is specifically phrased so that the slave should look at himself as an Eved. This is either something he was sold into as a punishment or something he took upon himself. He must view himself as an Eved. However, you, you must look at him as achicha. You must look at him as your brother and you must act with him accordingly. The Gemara Masechet Kedushin teaches us, It is good for him with you. What is it saying that it will be so pleasant for him with his master that he will want to stay? It's saying in terms of eating and drinking, everything that you eat, you should give to him. You shouldn't be eating fresh bread while he is eating stale bread. You're drinking aged wine, and he's drinking non-aged wine. You shouldn't be sleeping on a comfortable bed, and he is sleeping on straw. The Gemara goes as far as to say that one who acquires himself an Evid Ivri, it's as if he is acquiring for himself a master. So we are getting a much more pleasant picture of Evid Ivri than we typically imagine of slavery, that this seems to be a situation in which the slave is treated very nicely, the slave enjoys being there with his master. This is a pleasant situation for all. But this brings us to the question of if they have such a pleasant relationship, it seems much more like a hired hired help in the home than a true Evid, than a true slave then why does the Torah allow for this at all? If they have such a kind, amicable relationship, why allow slavery? Couldn't we just say, we don't need to take slavery and make it pleasant. Couldn't we just not allow slavery? So to answer this, there are going to be three approaches. The first approach is one that the Eved Ivri concept was one that was given for the times. That At the time that the Torah was given, slavery was completely widespread throughout the land. Everyone believed in slavery. And therefore, as the Torah often does, the Torah gives us a way to elevate our surroundings to a holy level, to take things that we are already going to engage in and do them in the proper way. The question then stands, why is it then applicable to us today? Is it applicable to us today? This came up in a later debate as to whether the rules of Evid Ivri still applied after the Yovel ceased to be counted. And the Rush states that we would no longer have the concept of Evid Ivri after the Yovel was no longer counted. However, the Meiri tells us that today, even though the law of an indentured servant does not pertain once the Jubilee ceased, the traits of piety and civility do not cease. The Me'iri is telling us in his commentary on Masachat Kedushin that although the technicalities of Eved Ivri, even though we may not have Avadim today, we may not have slaves today, the concepts that we learned from Eved Ivri, that of piety and civility, definitely did not stop with the stopping of the technicality of Eved Ivri. That we are meant to learn how to approach a situation in the world in the proper way, and therefore 
not only would Eved Ivri be something that is acceptable according to the Torah, but for us looking at the Torah as a book of morals and ethics, would be able to look at Eved Ivri as a primary example of how the Torah teaches us how to act appropriately in any situation. So that is the first approach, that it is taking a situation that we are going to engage in anyway and giving us the proper guidelines how to engage in it. The second approach is one presented by Rav Cook. And Rav Cook states that what is the purpose of giving us the laws of an Eved Ivri? It is for the sake of the Eved himself. That the Eved is someone who has landed himself in a troubling situation. Whether it is that he has fallen into poverty and therefore has come to a position where he has to sell himself, or he committed a crime, which one can understand often comes as well from being in a state of poverty, a state of desperation that brings one to steal or to do something that would lead one to be sold into slavery. And Rav Cook says, this person is in such a low place and the Torah is giving us a mechanism through which to rehabilitate this person. That in terms of proper rehabilitation, there are three stages. Anything that is going to help this person must be compensatory. The person who is lacking in the situation, whether that is the person that is stolen from or the person himself who needs the funds, must be compensated immediately. And that is accomplished with the laws of evidivery. That through his sale, the person immediately has money or the person who was stolen from is immediately repaid. It is punitive as well. Just like this person stole, his freedom is stolen away from him. If one does not, is not punished in a way that is correspondent to the way that he sins, he often will not learn the lesson in that particular situation. And most importantly, it is rehabilitative that this person who has landed in such a low place as opposed to being thrown in some sort of jail where he is going to be with other people who have committed crimes, who have landed themselves in negative situations, he is now able to spend time in a functional, normal household learning from those around him. So in terms of proper punishment, these laws of Evid Ivri check all the boxes. They compensate the person who is lacking, they are punitive in terms of the crime that is committed, and they are rehabilitative. They help this person come out of his tenure as an Evid Ivri in a better place than he was when he went in. So that is approach number two. That approach number two is the laws of Evid Ivri are given to us for the sake of the Evid himself. Approach number three, however, applies to us as a nation as a whole. In Vayikra Parachlaf Hei, it says, You are my servants who I took out of Eretz Mitzrayim. And the Malbim comments here. And the Malbim says, What is the point of stating this? Why is Hashem saying, Why is he reminding us of our servitude to him at this moment? The Malbim says, after I took you out of the house of slavery, I brought you in to be my slave. And becoming Avdei Hashem, the slaves of Hashem, has two aspects. You are now my servants in terms of Torah and mitzvot that you have to follow. However, There is a second prong to being the Evid of Hashem, and that is that Hashem has particular hashkacha over us. We are now a member, quote-unquote, of his household, and therefore he cares specifically for us. So what is the point of this statement by the Malbim? 
Hashem took us out of Egypt to become Avdei Hashem. He took us from being slaves to Paro to being his own slaves. Was this something cruel, selfish of Hashem? Why does Hashem need us to be his slaves? Rather, no. It is as, as the Gemara Masechet Kedushin taught us, Kol hakuna evet ivri kekuna adol atmo. One who acquires for himself an Evid Ivri truly acquires for himself a master. Being a servant to Hashem is like being the Evid Ivri. Yes, Hashem is in charge over us, but not to the detriment of the other, not to the detriment of the Evid Ivri, not to our detriment. Rather, it is for our benefit. That Hashem became our master and we his slaves, and through this we were only be only able to become greater to hash, to acquire Hashem's personal hashkacha over us. That we were put not in a detrimental position, but rather in a positive position in which Hashem cares specifically for us. So these three approaches to the Eved Ivri, why is it allowed? It is allowed either for the sake of being able to function within the society we are found. That sometimes there are situations, for example, that of slavery, that we are going to engage in either way or they were going to engage in at that time. And Hashem is giving us the guidelines as to how to properly engage in this process. Or it is for the sake of the Evid himself, that the Evid himself needs this slavery as a way to rehabilitate himself. Or the third approach from which we can learn from as a nation as a whole. That when we became Avdeh Hashem, it was not to our detriment. Hashem does not want to put us down. He did not want to enslave us. Rather, through giving us particular mitzvot to follow and commandments to follow, Hashem is bringing us into his home in a special, unique way and providing us with a specific hashkacha over us. That the Eved Ivri and the Master were not in a position of one being in power over the other. Rather, they work together pleasantly with Ahva, with brotherhood. And this is the relationship that we should strive to have with Hashem. That through being Avde Hashem, we come closer and closer to Hashem. Thank you for learning today with the OU Women's Initiative.